Universa. We are on another episode of Serena Comics. Here with me, as always, my good friend and buddy, Nick Valero. Nick, how are you? Hey, how's it going, man? It's good to uh, it's good to see you. Yeah, we're just doing this episode uh, remotely. Um, didn't get a chance to go back in the studio, but we'll be back there next month. So, yes, yeah, you could see our uh, our uh, recording spaces. I'm in space and mixing the room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> jumping right into it, we both saw the Suicide Squad, and we're really excited to talk about that. It's been out for uh, really two weeks now. Um, James Gunn's uh, DC, I guess, first of many, because he's just going to go all in at DC after mm. Guardians, it looks like, um, considering uh, some of the, you know, some of like trajectory of the guardians is pretty much over after guardians three so not really any more stories to tell but nick what are what are your thoughts of the suicide squad um like just off the top of your head how many times did you see it um assuming you saw it on hbo max yeah so far i've seen it three times okay yeah so it's i mean it's a solid movie it's uh very enjoyable i mean it's it's definitely not the movie we got before yeah so Um, yeah I was gonna say there wasn't any like random uh like needle drops where it was just three or four needle drops in the scene there are some needle drops in this in this movie but god not as obnoxious as um i'm trying to think in the first one they had like an m&m song to introduce like harley um god that was a terrible soundtrack yeah, the, the, I I feel like once again uh, somebody saw. Uh, so what I, what I what I've been saying to anybody who asks is that um, it's kind of like the studio saw Guardians in the first one, and then they were like, "That's a good idea. We should do that." Yeah, and then this one, it was actually organic. Like like that uh, James Gunn like was like, "Listen, I saw what you guys are trying to do. This is how to do it." Yeah. And then he like kind of did it correctly and it worked. And right. you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's way better. Show them how it's done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oddly, we have uh the people that were trying to cancel James Gunn. Um, and not, you know, like not like you know, all the nonsense people say, like, oh, you know, cancel culture and all that, but these were like uh these like weird Trump people that were opposed to his politics trying to just sabotage him um and oddly we have the you know they kind of uh, got this movie made because if he was still at marvel he would never have had the suicide squad right so, uh, yeah screw all those people they're terrible awful human beings and it was you know stuff that james gunn has already um, owned up to and apologized for so, you know and um you know this this film it was just uh, such a such an upgrade from that first one have you revisited Suicide Squad, the first one, at any point? Uh, yes. You did? Okay. How long ago was it? Like, what was the situation? It's rough. It's a a really rough movie. Uh, I rewatched it before watching the first, the second Suicide Squad, just kind of get a reference of what exactly we were starting with. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a bad movie. It's like, yeah. It's it's unwatchable, I, I felt. Like, I have not revisited it. But it, yeah, no, you're right. It, it's it's very rough because, you know, just just stuff that doesn't work. Like Leto's Joker, Jared Leto's Joker is just awful. It's just 
I you know? I feel like Leto's joke. I I feel like David Ayer didn't rein in Leto. Yeah, and he just kind of went, yeah, like do whatever you want, and yeah. it's kind of like one of those things of uh, like like Ayer heard all the stories about previous Jokers. Where it's just like, oh yeah, the direct like they just fell into the roles and they did everything that they wanted to do. And he saw how much he was dedicated to the role, and then just went like, yeah, like do whatever you want. You know, if you want extra, you know, extra time on the camera, do whatever you want. Like stretch yeah. it, do whatever you want. Add lines. The yeah, only I, problem, huh? Oh no, I was gonna say I, I could see that because if you've read about onset stories with Jared Leto, he was like giving people rats and like. I think I read uh, read something this morning where uh, I think they were in like the coffee line. Will Smith asked for like, "Hey, can I get some sugar?" and gave him salt. And yeah. it's just he's doing all these like cringy things because he's like, "I'm the Joker. He's so method." But it's just like, I don't think the Joker would think that's funny. It's like you wouldn't give someone a rat if it's like for no reason or you know mess up someone's coffee. <laughs> the Joker, um, you know, I think there's like a fundamental misunderstanding of the Joker as well. Yeah uh like the, the fact that he's just like kind of like oh yeah like i'm the practical joke like everybody and stuff like that but i mean like other stuff too was just weird mm-hmm. like i think he just gave people like used tampons or something like that or, yeah it's fucking like gross. that like some, some shit was fucking gross we were just yeah. like what like what the fuck was he doing yeah, it's like, pretty much harassment, I guess, at a workplace. You get fired. Yeah, like, like it was so weird. And then, like, they were going, like, yeah, like, this is how edgy he's getting with the Joker. And yeah. it's like, nah, dude, like, this is, like, this is a workplace, like, harassment. Dude, like, yeah. I, I'd be pissed. Yeah, this is dumb. Like, no wonder why... Uh, Viola Davis. Yeah, like, no wonder why Viola Davis. That's why, you know, Will Smith. Like, I, I, can, I totally get why Will Smith didn't come back. Yeah, like, no, man. I, I did that movie. It's fine. I'm mm-hmm. good. Well, I was gonna say, um, for Suicide Squad, uh, it's wild <laughs> that their Joker, like, this is a follow up to you know Heath Ledger, which is such a great performance, and this is kind of what they followed it up on. Like, I don't know, like, if I was them, I, I would feel a little intimidated, and it seems like they didn't even care. <laughs> I guess they were, you know. If you had to follow up Heath Ledger's Joker and you're gonna give us this well, with, weird mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean with Heath Ledger's Joker, like just like right behind it, it uh I mean just before it, it's it's so strange that because when you look at it, you know, Jack Nicholson did something totally different from Cesar Romero. Right. You know, he he went he went kind of very much more like towards the gangster route. Yes. Everything like that. Then Heath Ledger went, I'm not gonna do a, I'm not gonna do Nicholson. I'm not gonna do anything like that. I'm gonna do something completely different. I'm gonna make him a lot more, you know, down to earth. He's not gonna be super goofy, but he's gonna, he's gonna be menacing. I'm gonna make yeah. him scary. And then it kind of felt like you know, and Joker and Heath Ledger did like his own thing. He did something where it was like, okay, it's completely different. You cannot hear Jack Nicholson in this performance. You can't hear Jack Nicholson or Hamill or anything. I felt like when Leto got the role, he was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just get the greats, like all the great like Joker performances. I'm gonna put them into one. Mm-hmm. And that's how you become the best Joker. Yeah. And that's not what you do because 
they all have kind of like their own gimmick and they all don't really work. So like if you try to shove them all together. So, you know, he had like these like weird moments where he was very Nicholson-esque where he's like right. kind of like a mafia boss type mm-hmm. thing. And then he would like be a mafia boss that just kills whoever he wants. Like like Heath Ledger's Joker where he just like, you know, kills people, hires- Yeah, he kills uh, Common. Common's in the movie as like the tattooed man. Or I believe yeah. he's the, the tattooed man. And, he like, is the just, tattooed man. Yeah. He just kills him off. Like, there's no, like, he's like, oh, do you think my girlfriend's, like, hot? And he's like, no, nah, man, I don't think she's, like, what? It's like, and it's just the randomest thing. Like, like that's, like, I think for Joker, like, you know, you're a, you're a fan where he does stuff because it's funny. Like, you know, right. it, could be, it could be good or bad. It, it's As long as it's funny, he'll do it, you know? And that's just, like, he kills this, like, number two guy just because he was mad or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, it's, I, it's, yeah. it's so strange to kind of see how Leto, you know, performs the Joker. Right. And I was going to say, um, I think your assessment of him trying to mismatch some of these uh, earlier portrayals, I kind of got that when he's, uh, he does sort of these like weird, um, like things with his voice, almost like Ledger does, because Ledger's Joker has like, you know, like stuff in his, uh, in his voice, that goes really high or it goes really low. He kind of does that too, but it's just, like it just makes him sound like um like if he has like cotton balls in his mouth or something. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. Like that, that's the shitty thing. You, if anybody were to ever try to copy ledger, you know, a ledger performance, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Like ledger that was the that was the roughest thing of what you know when ledger died is that he you know, he gave such a legendary performance of this character. Like, right. it's like, dang, like, I don't think anybody, honestly, I was kind of surprised that they even, you know, came up, like, they even said, oh, yeah, we should use the Joker again. It had only been two to three years. It had only been a couple of years. Yeah, it was, um, God, it was, like, if they filmed in 2015, at least seven years, you know, I mean, but even then, like, you probably, like, want to wait a little bit still. I mean, look at, uh, what was it? Look at Jack Nicholson to Heath Ledger. Yeah, that's a that's a long that's a long span. Yeah, almost twenty. It's yeah. almost twenty years of the last time that we like had a, you know, portrayal of the Joker. Right. And it gave everybody like, this nice little like, okay, cool. That was last generation's Joker. Mm-hmm. Let's see what's going to be coming next. Now we it's like, okay, well, you better be better than Heath Ledger because we already got one. This is yeah, our Joker. Exactly. Better be better. And when it's not, you're you know, it's a shame. Yeah, I just think think Jared Leto is a bad choice. Yeah, he's bad. He's bad bad choice for for it. Yeah, also probably a creep, and that's why uh, he wasn't in uh, James Gunn's uh, The Suicide Squad. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for various reasons. Um, He's kind of he's kind of a freaking weirdo. Yeah, he has a he has a cult. Apparently, (laughs) he went. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, went on an island and uh, they returned, and then COVID happened. They were on an island or a mountain, something by themselves. That's uh, mm-hmm. we- weird guy. But um, for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, I was um, I was really happy watching this. Um, I had a rough first viewing. Um, to be honest, I think uh, me and Diego we saw it a little um, a day or two early, um, and I, you know coming off work and everything, so I was like. I was like, oh, okay, it could have been me. I saw it again, fell in love with it. So I was wrong that first time. 
it's okay to be wrong, but I was really struck by how much um, it takes from, and not like it steals, like it adapts the John Ostrander Suicide Squad run from the 80s of, if you right. read that comic, it's talking a lot about like the, the politics of its day, like Amanda Waller like has like all these clashes with like Ronald Reagan, mm. old Gipper. And this was uh, a little bit similar in like how it um how it talks about like uh like randomly like a US and like the world, you know, how it's seen in the rest of the world, you know, like the scene where it's just uh peacemaker, it's such a messed up scene, peacemaker and uh blood sport, they're just killing the rebels, but they don't realize like they're on their side, you know. I honestly do. I, I thought that was hilarious. That was yeah, hilarious, that was, but like, I thought that was funny. That was a really funny scene, but you kind of feel bad after they just like executed like all these people. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's not like oh yeah, like they deserved it. No, yeah. like, but I love the idea of you know this whole um, Amanda Waller giving giving them an order, and then realizing that the order was wrong, mm-hmm. and then kind of going like, well, fuck. What are we yeah. Gonna- yeah everyone probably except uh peacemaker felt okay with that i guess yeah like peacemaker was just like oh, whatever you know, yeah she you know screw him. Mm-hmm. but yeah this this film was very comic booky like the fact that they had the star conqueror starro in it fucking great right. you know because right. starra uh, you know how do you feel about that villain because he was he's been in some dc like he's in batman beyond um i think he's in like brave and the bold but nothing live action um you know what i i starro is a very interesting kind of character because i i thought james Gunn did a really nice job of showing that starro could be you know you could look at starro as a as a victim mm-hmm. while also you know he's he because starro really didn't say he was a conqueror Starro never says this. Yeah. Starro just kind of wants to be left alone. Yeah, he's just what what are his last words? Like I was happy in the I was stars. So, I was so happy floating and staring at the stars. Why did you ever disturb me? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, Starro just wanted to live its life. Like it didn't, it was it was happy just looking into the stars and just enjoying life. And everything like that and that's kind of an interesting idea i really like that um and i thought that james gunn also made it very interest i thought it was very uh because star was kind of like a weird villain where you know you attack the star the star comes off and then you know everything's fine yeah i thought it was interesting where in this version of starro it was very much if the star gets on you you're dead yeah, they like, made it like they made it like a face hugger from Alien. Yeah, like that if it gets cool. on you, you're dead. Like mm-hmm. it'll it'll like it looks like it like sucks into your face and it like cuts away at your skin. Yeah, just ripping away at your face. I was like, oh shoot! So like gross. that's all that, that's 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 messed up. Mm-hmm. And but that but automatically that, but that's James Gunn showing really great really great with storytelling of showing and not telling right because when you see all of these people you know being tortured and like being experimented on he's showing people with face hungers he's showing people with uh what was it like with, with with when you rip it off you know what it looks like underneath and everything like that even the thinker says these are all corpses 
they're all dead. Like no one here is still alive. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're almost else. like zombies. Yeah, like they're, it's very much zombies. It's very much like once the conscience of Starro gets inside of you, you kind of fade away. Yeah, you know, you're very much dead. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, ex- excellent. Uh, yeah, an excellent adaption of Starro because, like, you know, I don't think he's that goofy. Like, you know, he's just this alien organism that just attaches itself to people. He's almost like a parasite, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm, it's like you said, it's been done in Batman Beyond, it's been done in a couple of different, like, you know, series. Uh, comic books and stuff like that and star was kind of always a goofy he's always a goofy character yeah he's always just like this weird parasite that like is either trying to take over the world or you know he he's like trying to like affect things he's trying to like take over a continent or like the galaxy or whatever i like the idea of starro is just making an army so that way he can defend himself against other people because it's It seemed like he just wanted the island of Cordo Martel's. Yeah, he just wanted the island. That's it. He's just like, I want to conquer this island so that way I can be left alone. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. I just want to be left alone. No one, no one can stop me. Yeah. I actually thought, because I what I what I originally thought for the ending of this movie is I thought that the ending of this movie was gonna end with um them kind of going like, all right, cool. Them getting back in the plane, not defeating Starro. And then it was going to end with like flashes of like the Justice League dealing with yeah. Starro. And it was going to be like that comic book cover of like mm-hmm. them kind of dealing with Starro and stuff like that. Right. Like, I thought that would have been kind of interesting. Um, uh, and, and then that tying it into like the first couple of issues of like the event of the uh, Justice League mm-hmm. and everything else. But I really did enjoy the fact that this movie gave everybody. Well, not everybody, but most most people in team A, in team B, uh, their hero moment. Yeah, you know that moment to be a, a, a hero, or you know that moment to really shine. Nobody in this like movie was really kind of like, all right, let's let's cut them. They're not. It's not. They're not that important. You know, yeah. nobody was slip knotted. Yeah. Oh God, the man nobody who could tie knots. Yeah, like it. Like, what's his super ability? Tie a knot. Like what? Yeah. Like at least at least when you at least when you heard about a, a ridiculous power where you were like, well, this is just dumb. At least they address the fact that it's a stupid power. Yeah. Or it's like a stupid ability that they have where it's like javelin. Oh yeah, he's just he's just sexy. Dude. Like that's the main well, it's like his uh, big thing. He's just sexy. The detachable kid played by Nathan Billion. Like I love the part with his arms just coming off and he's just there's no like weight minus punches. He's like poking at people, and they're like, "Wow, you're fucking useless." Yeah, so. and I, I, I love it so, so much, just because it's like, oh, like this, this is a useless character. <laughs> yeah, some people's powers are kind of useless. Um, yeah, I, I actually really, I, I could not stop laughing. Could not stop laughing. I guess when, let's mm-hmm. when Mangao jumped onto a plane, I mean a helicopter. That then proceeded to kill Captain Boomerang. Yeah. Then crashes on top of Mongal to burn her alive. <laughs> it's fucked up. I was yeah. like, dang, man. Yeah. I guess let's talk about that opening because that's a, that was like a, almost like a comedic Saving Private Ryan, like the beach scene in Saving Private Ryan. It's just like, 
these these uh these fuckers just getting killed um in the most like stupidest reasons like um pete davidson's blackguard he just betrays them and then gets shot too oh yeah just his head his head explodes mm-hmm. that's basically it and that, uh, that really set that, the tone for the rest of the film it did it it really did not only that but also i love the idea of like there was because the, the the one problem inside of the suicide squad the original was that you kind of felt like everybody had plot armor mm-hmm. you know Slipknot dies in the very beginning, and then you're kind of like, okay, cool. Like, they, oh, okay, cool, they mean business. But then they never use the bombs, or, you know, they don't really die off, like, periodically throughout the movie, or doing anything like that. Like, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. One person dies, the rest of the team are going to go to do this, you know, whatever mission. And then, you know, they slowly start dying after the end. You doing it in the very beginning kind of sets that tone of like, oh shoot, everybody's in danger, right? Like, anybody could die, and that's yeah. a really interesting idea. Yeah, look at Captain Doomerang, you know, the lead character in the first one just gets killed in a minute or so. Yeah, which also I thought was uh, which I also thought that was James Gunn's like big middle finger to the to like people who like put Jack Courtney in the first one, mm-hmm. where it was just like stop trying to put Jack Courtney and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well i was gonna say huh i was gonna say you know the characters that he used in the first one like harley boomerang um rick flag i guess waller too but he uses them in just more interesting ways than you know suicide squad because it's like look at rick flag you know he's just you see a lot like he has an arc he actually um has things to do this time around uh waller he makes just absolutely villainous um you know, and even I think Boomerang, in a way, kind of is used accordingly because it's like, yeah, you think you, you know, you think this character's going to survive, he's dead too. Yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting, and I like the idea that when James Gunn was doing like a lot of interviews, he was they were even asking them. So, you know, when they told you about it, was there anybody that's that they said like, no, you have to save this person, like this person has to survive by the end. I'm sure that they did. Yeah, I'm sure probably they did. Harley. It was Harley's. probably Harley. Yeah, but I love the idea that he kept on saying, "Oh, everybody's up for grabs. Mm-hmm. I can murder anybody. Like I can, like it, it doesn't matter. Like I can. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna kill everybody off." And I thought that was really interesting. Like the whole polka dot man scene, where like polka dot man has made it all the way to the ending of this movie. He's one of he's one of the more powerful villains that are yeah. on the squad. And just dies in an instant. Mm-hmm. It's like dies in an instant because he wasn't paying attention. And it's so it's so messed up. Polka Dot Man was one of my favorites, uh, right next to uh, uh, what was it, Peacemaker? Peacemaker, yeah. John Cena. We have to say John Cena, incredible performance. Just Dude, John Cena stole this movie. Yeah, like I totally understand why when they saw this movie, they were like, "This man needs a Netflix, needs his own show." Mm-hmm. HBO Max. Next but the year. thing is, is that I, okay here's my thing though i feel like john cena does really well because his character is bouncing off people right so i feel like whatever whatever happens in this peacemaker show it definitely needs to kind of like you know he needs to be able to bounce off somebody right there has to be like a normal group of like group of people that he can bounce off he can bounce off with or 
you know, that will stand up to him. Yeah. That he will respect. Because if not, then I feel like he's just he's just gonna be it's gonna fall flat. Yeah, I think like because he is pretty much a psychopath. And him playing off people, just his reactions to things like like the the scene where they're on the bus and Bloodsport's like, oh my dad, he was terrible. And then like Peacemaker just laughs, like hearing the story about abuse. He's like, like almost like he's not, I don't think he's laughing at Bloodsport, but he's like, like he just thinks like, oh, that's like that's like uh acceptable to him. Like he's just such a psychopath. Like he's don't, you know, I think he kind of verges on unlikable if he doesn't play off people or play like a foil. So yeah. yeah. Not only that, if he's not the uh like he's not if he's not like the, the, the comedy, he he he's 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 in there for comedy and it's really great, like his little uh just like his little tiny responses, mm-hmm. you know, like which are and you know, especially like in same scene where Idris Alba basically just goes like, yeah, and you have a toilet seat on your head. We're going to do this. And then like two, like maybe like a minute later, he's just like, it's not a toilet seat, it's a beacon of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, was it where he's talking about just if this this uh, island had like a like a beach full of dicks, I'd eat every dick. Oh yeah, if this island had a beach full of dicks, I'd suck every one of these dicks in order for, for freedom. Yeah. Or, but, but once again, that's a joke that's set up by great you know great partners because mm-hmm. rap catcher even has like because she she continues the joke with like why would the beach be covered in dicks <laughs> it's like oh i don't know yeah. what mad men do mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Right. like it's a it's it's such a great it's such a great response to it yeah but um yeah i mean the 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 crew is really good um john cena steals this movie he yeah, honestly he- does Mm-hmm. I'm really happy that Harley Quinn isn't the main point or the main focus anymore. Because mm-hmm. in the first one, I feel like they were re- like they it was the first time Harley Quinn was in a movie. And I feel like David Ayer ran away with it. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, Margot huh? Margot Robbie is so good in that role, but like it, it becomes almost like too Harley centric for sure. Because it's supposed mm-hmm. to be an ensemble. Yeah, yeah, it, it's that. That was why I think it was interesting when you know when Birds of Prey came out, and mm. in like two weeks before it was about to come out, or I think it was uh, right as it was coming out or something. Yes, like that, they changed the title. They changed the title because it was like you know this movie is more about Harley than it is actually about the Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. So we should just probably tell people up front it's a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, like, we, like we're making a Harley Quinn movie. It had a very it sort of had bad branding because whenever a movie changes your title, even if it's a better title, like uh, I think like uh, God, like Edge of Tomorrow, it changed it to like two or three times, like all you need. Because it was supposed to be all you need is kill, and then it was uh, Live Die Repeat, and then was it? Or excuse me, it was Edge of Tomorrow, and then Live Die Repeat, which was actually a good title. Like you're just confusing people, even if you're trying to make it more clear. You know? Just yeah, because then people don't know what movie they're going to go see. Yeah. Like, is this another film? Because it's like, it's Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Yeah, and also, Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I love Kathy Ann um, and all the people involved, but like, man, what a what a mouthful of a title, Birds of Prey and the Immaculate uh, something of Harley Quinn, Emancipation. Uh, the Emancipation of Harley Quinn. It's like, that's, it's like, guys, like, you know. I thought it was the, the Emancipation of Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. God, who knows? Who knows? It's a Harley uh, Quinn movie. 
but I love Birds of Prey or Harley Quinn or whatever it's called. It's a great movie, but yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely see that point, you know? Let me see. It was, oh my God, this is a, that is a, that is a mouthful. Yes, it is. Uh, let me see. So it was Birds of Prey, the emancipation of Harley Quinn. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, so, that's, a, that's a kind of a bad so, title. Oh, wait, there was more? <laughs> the Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. What? They just kept adding to it? They kept adding to it. It's so confusing. Um, but that ended up being the highest grossing comic movie of 2020. So, you know. Also, I'm going to add, these, this isn't talking about the movie, but like, I don't know about you, but like, whoever's listening is like, please stop having these hot takes that the Suicide Squad was a box office bomb because it's coming out during this like reset of people are finally returning to movies as a, you know, pandemic gets over. Like there's no, there's no science behind like what makes money like to HBO or excuse me to Warner brothers. The fact that it got like six, who knows, like a million subscribers, like, all right, we're green lighting a sequel to that movie. You know, there is no sort of consensus on like what's a success at this point. So right. Please stop with the hot takes. PSA. Well, that and also we we haven't really seen the number because nobody's really re- releasing streaming numbers. Yes, exactly. Nobody really released streaming numbers. Nobody's really saying like you know um, technically if you were to account for all the streaming numbers and everything like that, this movie would have made however much. Right. And everything like that, and uh, like we don't know what they we don't know what. Yeah. Exactly. We honestly don't know what it yeah. means. Yeah, and you know, it, it's fine to just say, I don't know. Like, you're like, yeah, like, I don't have the numbers. Like, you know, you're basing it off the box office. And, you know, the box office, it, it, you know, I mean, before, sure, in 2019, like, if it dropped or whatever, it's it's just, it's not what a lot of studios are, sort of the end game for them. You know, it's, it's going to streaming, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially if they gave this movie same-day release on their streaming services. They're not just looking at the box office. Like, for this, at least this year, you know, so, right, God, some people, <laughs> I just wanted to vent to that, because I'm just, like, seeing all these, uh, just, just dumb hot takes, because, yeah, it's dumb, um, but anyway, hot takes for our hot takes, sake. I guess so, yeah, I was just really frustrated, but, um, just wrapping up our thoughts on the Suicide Squad, um, are you, would you want to, um, kind of see, well, I guess we kind of are seeing a follow-up in the peacemaker show yes but for um the suicide squad would you like to see games gonna return um from what i gather it looks like he's going more with dc i'm sure he'll probably take a break after guardians 3 but it looks like you know he had a lot of fun making this at dc and they gave him kind of free reign to i i honestly i i wouldn't mind mm-hmm. if james gunn kind of started i would i would love to see james gunn do other stuff at dc because yes. there's so many things that, you know, kind of fit his wheelhouse. Like a Shazam movie. I feel like a Shazam 2 would fit his wheelhouse so well. Yeah. Especially with the, with like the Shazam, Shazam siblings mm-hmm. and everything like that. With like this nice little ensemble of people. Because James Gunn's really good at ensembles and he's good at making a movie interesting, funny, dramatic. Yeah. And everything, like kind of like everything you want in like an ensemble movie. So that's why I'm kind of going like, because for Shazam 2, 
it's going to be more of an ensemble. It's going to be, you know, Shazam dealing with all of his brothers and sisters. Right. And them kind of like trying to save the world and everything else for whatever, you know, with whatever reasons. So I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Shazam movie. I think him and, uh, what was it? Zachary Levi would get would would make a good like you know team mm-hmm. and everything like that, especially with that. But I would like to see you know James Gunn doing more stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's going to do anything with Marvel after. Super, I mean after Guardians um, three. Guardians three. Yeah, because I believe they're doing the holiday special. Probably, I believe back to back with Guardians three or around the same time, and then it's like. And then the holiday special takes place before three. It's almost like a filler between uh, Thor. Is the holiday Thor. special coming out this year or next year? Next year, I believe. Yeah. And I, I can see him working. And then, too, I'm sure, um, you know, I'm sure he's probably good with Kevin Feige, but, you know, uh, the, the, the powers that be at the Disney Corporation kind of threw him to the wolves um, after that incident. So, you know, probably no fondness there. What? I mean, this it's not like it's the it, it's not the first instance that we've seen where Disney higher ups are pretty uh, do some real shady stuff. Yeah, yeah, with the Scarlett Johansson thing. Yeah, yeah. Because like I mean, do some real shady stuff, and you're kind of going like, mm, okay, yeah, that's not, not the best place to work for. It seems like. Um, but yeah, I was just going back to James Gunn. I, I definitely. And, you know, this isn't speculation. This is just kind of, like, from what he said. Definitely see him working with DC and, like, you know, they offered him Superman. And I think, like, the characters kind of suit him better where, you know, DC does R-rated movies. Marvel has said they're not going to do it. Um, probably Deadpool 2 is going to be a hard PG-13. So, um, yeah. Or, I, see. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I've been, that's the thing, though, is that we don't really know for sure. His... For Deadpool, that sounds like that's that's real rough for you to say. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a PG thirteen. Well, technically, Once Upon a Deadpool PG thirteen. I I get that the it's like it's supposed to like show that yes, Deadpool can still make money as a thir- as a PG thirteen movie, mm-hmm. but it made more money as R as an R rated. Yeah, film. yeah. Like we'll it still s- makes money. It just it, it it makes yeah. It makes more money as an R. No, for sure. Movie. You know, not yeah. only that, but also that's that's how you do that character justice, right? Yeah, you know, you try to you try to censor that character, mm-hmm. it doesn't work as well. Yeah, well, I yeah. guess we'll see because he's already sort of in the Marvel universe. If you saw the little promos for uh, Free Guy, he's hanging out yes. with Korg. <laughs> that was so cute. I just love him and just Korg hanging out. <laughs> Speaking of Korg. Taika Waititi's in this movie. Yeah, I loved him as a uh, rat catcher. That was like that was a nice little scene. Yeah, I I actually really liked the fact that Taika Waititi had like the the synopsis of the movie, mm-hmm. like where he was just like, yeah, like even you know even the most useless thing has a it, has like a even rats have a purpose. So yeah, so obviously um, we do too. That was a wonderful scene with the music and the rats are just saving the day and saving people and just killing Starro. <laughs> Yeah, just like murdering Star. So I was like, shoot, man, this is uh, this is rough. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just gonna say, and you know, I think like probably um, Gunn will have more sort of creative leeway to do weirdly beautiful scenes like that at DC than uh, than Marvel. So it kind of suits his sensibility. So yeah, can't think of what else to say at this point for the Suicide Squad. Then 
yeah, I think uh, I think you will probably enjoy it if you haven't seen it at this point. You know, it's on HBO Max for a whole month if you have mm-hmm. that, or get a free trial. Don't tell them and cancel at the end of the month, like I do on a lot of uh, streaming services. Is that is that really what you do? You you watch it for like the month and then you cancel? <laughs> for some of them, for like Paramount Plus, what am I gonna have? I'm gonna watch three Indiana Joneses. Uh, watch like two other movies. I'm not gonna stick around for all this dumb content that they have. I feel you. I feel you. I feel yeah. you. Or just use another email. <laughs> use another email, man. I'm not made out of money. Yeah, it's up. It, does. Um, it really does. Yeah, but Nick, any other last thoughts for the Suicide Squad? No, I mean, I I definitely say you know if you uh, if you're interested in the movie or you haven't seen it yet. Go check it out. It's really, really good. It's a, it's a dope movie. You'll, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy yeah. the hell out of it. So it has our seal of approval. Absolutely. Um, so going to our next uh, point of discussion, we're continuing our Batman the Animated Series uh, recap with two episodes. Uh, and this is the order that HBO Max put these episodes because they probably aired at a different air day, but also, the episodes are, when they aired, they were in and out of continuity in terms of, like, what happened first and everything. So this is just clearly uh, HBO Max's order. So Point of View and The Clock King. Um, yes. So point of View, I think that's uh, such a well-written episode because it's basically Batman meets uh, Rashomon, if you've ever seen that, uh, that Akira Kurosawa movie where it's three recollections of the same event and how memory each one gets it uh, differently right. um, because you see the three cops, Bullock, Montoya, and then that other cop, I forget his name, but they're, they're, they're all, yeah, yeah, they're all kind of giving, and I, I really like the idea that they're all giving their own interpretation of not only Batman, but also um, their interpretation of the crime. Yes. And everything else. And it all changes with kind of like person's perspective and everything like that not only that but also people obviously changing their perspective embellishing yeah yeah like embellishing or purposefully lying mm-hmm. and such it's, a, it, huh such a this is one of the best block episodes because it's like yeah of course he would fucking lie he's uh kind of full of himself harvey Bullock. yeah of course uh, like of course when bullet tells his side of the story like he he is batman yeah you know he he you know he was doing everything batman just came and messed everything up i had that and I thought that was really interesting. Uh, they did the same thing in um, Gotham Night. Uh, Gotham Night. Yeah. Where it was different points of view of. Uh, oh, that's kids. for the kids. Yeah. Oh, that um, episode. Um, yeah. For, I don't think it's called Gotham Nights because I, I'm thinking uh, there's also another. Um, do you remember they had an animated sort of uh, prequel to The Dark Knight that came out before the movie? It's called Batman Gotham Night. And they had a very similar episode of. No, yeah, that's what it, that. that's what it was called. It was called Gotham Night. Oh, okay, it is okay. And uh, what was it? It was a it was an anthology where the, it had like prequels to the Dark Knight. Yeah. Of like just like instant, it, it was basically like um, what was it like? People in Gotham talking about Batman or uh, Batman dealing with like other issues besides yeah. the Joker and stuff like that. It was really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. It was, just really, a, really it was good. a great. It was a great film. Um, yeah. The animation is really solid too. There's a lot of uh, really. Um, interesting animators that have done anime as well so that was cool um oh because i was i was going to say that episode where the three kids uh tell their own recollection of batman i I love that episode too it's in the new batman adventures 
yeah it's it's such a there's so they've done it so many different times yeah and everything like that but it's a solid solid idea of Mm -hmm. like we should just have somebody else tell a story of batman from a different point of view yeah and because we always see batman from bruce wayne's point of view Mm -hmm. and he's the hero yes you know but to kids is he a hero to you know other adults like police officers stuff like that what yeah. do they see when this like crazy person jumps in through a as, window as a giant bat as a giant bat and just starts right. beating up criminals well i was gonna you say know? um that one police officer's uh, recollection of the events and for how he sees things and i guess from his perspective like everything's like almost like batman has superpowers like the way he's subduing people his gadgets you know that's how like a regular dude was like holy shit like you know and that buys into like batman's whole thing is like playing on people's like superstition and their like uh their fear and they're kind of like he wants to appear mythical and this episode kind of shows that in a way yeah it's interesting uh the idea the, int- the interesting idea is that oh yeah batman is just a man mm-hmm. and he's able to kind of do everything and because i like one of them said that he he like appeared and reappeared all over the place like he could yeah. teleport yeah you know and it was in like i didn't like like he was just all over the place. He was like going in and out, in and out. And in your mind, you're kind of going like, oh, well, he's like grappling or he's like mm-hmm. using the shadows and like, you know, he's maneuvering around them. So that way, like, they don't know that that he's there. Mm-hmm. He was trained like as a that. ninja. Yeah, you know, trained, trained as a ninja. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was kind of, int- I thought that was kind of interesting of like, you're right. Like uh, where it, it, people don't understand what happened you it's like you blew their mind it's mm-hmm. like uh it's like somebody watching um like a see, magic show like, like magic Penn and show. teller you know yeah like somebody watching a magic show and just having their mind totally blown because like, of how it. did they do that you know exactly and whereas having um like and and you know you kind of know the gimmicks because you hung out with batman you know everybody knows the gimmicks because Bat- they hung out with batman but to see somebody who is the uninitiated uh, as Bane would say, yeah, uh, it's interesting. I love it. I love yeah. this episode. It was I, fun. I, yeah, honestly, so far in these watch throughs, I, I haven't really gotten to an episode where I'm like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like, and you know, it's entertaining too. Just like you know, all the voice actors do such a good job. Like Ron Froman's in this episode. Uh, I think uh, you know, out of all the voice actors, like we always go to Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, but like Robert. Uh, I'm gonna butcher his last name, Costanza. Um, he's a comedic <laughs> actor. He he voices Bullock, and I just, whenever I'm reading the comics, whenever I read Bullock, I always like imagine that voice in my head. You know, this guy with like this uh, New York sort of accent. You know, hey man, to- like yeah, the yeah, the 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 Harvey Bullock of the animated series is definitely whenever I read a comic book, that's the that's the voice, voice i always look it's yeah. always weird too because bullock is portrayed in such different ways mm-hmm. like uh like sometimes he's kind of like he's like kind of jo- he's kind of like yoked yeah and everything like that like he's real tall and he's yoked and everything else and whenever i read a comic book this is the voice that comes out even when he's like yeah he's <laughs> just this wise guy yeah it's it's pretty good because i was gonna say um yeah this episode's just so fun um and yeah, it really provides us like a different perspective into the DCPD and everything. Yeah. Um, so I guess going to uh, going to the next episode, Clock King, 
we see kind of uh this reminded me a little bit of the episode with the joker that we just watched where it's just like mm-hmm. just a random citizen um citizen gotham being messed with you know because it's a tough place to live um uh where uh temple forgets mm-hmm. excuse me uh temple you know he's just this weird old man and uh we see the uh the mayor of gotham again hamilton hill and uh you know it just shows this uh this 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 person that just turns to crime you know the clock king yeah the the whole thing with the clock king though is that i i really did enjoy the idea that they were using some deep cut characters for the show Mm-hmm. Like the Clock King wouldn't necessarily be on my top of twenty characters yeah. to like use in a Batman right. TV show. Like the Clock King is he's an interesting character. He's not like my favorite. No, yeah, like him and Condiment King, I could do without. But um, how wait. you shut your mouth? <laughs> Condiment King is my favorite. Oh man, I okay. love Condiment King. Right. I won't. Uh... I won't I, uh, be smirch kind of I'm thing. telling you right now, I want a scene in the movies with Condiment King. Because I feel like that would just be hilarious. Oh, man. Somebody dressed up in a green leotard with condiments on his back. Yeah. And fighting Batman. and Because Bat- I want that scene from the animated series. I really do. Where, where, he's, where Batman's chasing him on top of a roof. He goes to go shoot. And then all of a sudden, like Batman doesn't know what it is. So he blocks with his cape and then it just and he's just got like mayonnaise mustard. all mustard yeah. or mayonnaise all over yeah. his like cape and he's just like poor batman what the fuck yeah <laughs> it's like it reminds me of uh from austin powers with the random task did you just hit me with your shoe honestly <laughs> that really throw, hurts did you just throw mustard at me it's like it's gonna take uh, you know i can't get this out i have to wash it <laughs> it's gonna stay you know what my butler is gonna have to do to get this out <laughs> yeah Mustard. if it i ever stays. if i ever do any sort of batman sort of thing or have the opportunity to write batman i'm definitely gonna throw condiment king in just for you i'm telling you dude condiment king has so many spots not only that but also i love the idea of after he stains batman's outfit he just knocks him out in one punch and he's just like <laughs> like very much going like the city's getting weird <laughs> yeah it's like hmm. but, but uh kind of or excuse me clocking um i don't know i was kind of enjoying sort of um this was kind of like a classic sort of like almost adam west villain of the week sort of thing um he has this yes. like uncanny ability to just be on time all every single time um and he's kind of a one-off character we do see him in uh, justice league unlimited he helps hmm. out the suicide squad or Fast Forks X because they they couldn't um call him that right they couldn't call it the Suicide Squad yes but yeah it was um it was interesting um this episode's kind of villain of the week it's um, a little gitsy but it's um I don't know I thought it was a well written episode in terms of its concept uh, Nick what did you think I liked it I mean the idea that uh, what was it like Batman's trying to stop an assassination. That's mm-hmm. a that's pretty heavy stuff for a kids TV show. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the fact that uh, which uh, that con- that Clock King is is trying to kill the mayor mm-hmm. uh, is it's dark. It's real. Yeah. It's real dark stuff, and I totally understand why. Uh, what was it like? 
because I, I know that later on they were talking about like uh, I mean inside like a couple of documentaries and everything else they were talking about how um, there was a lot of times when people were doing comic books and then they would go to the animation uh, studios and then the comic right the comic writers would hate the animation studios mm-hmm. because they wouldn't get anything right they would write things that were just so stupid and so childish that they were like this is dumb and. A, a story like this where it kind of brings it into like kind of like this is it's another day in the life of batman yeah where it's just like all right well some some evil doer is gonna try and assassinate the, the you know the mayor the, the mayor um it, it really does kind of like bring you back into that story and kind of like grounds the world and just kind of going like all right cool anything can happen inside of Gotham. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, also, um, looking back, watching these as an adult, like, you see kind of the politics of the show where Hamilton Hill isn't really portrayed the best. Like, he's kind of a jerk. Where no, it's like no. The... I completely understand why he wanted to kill him. Yeah. He's not wrong. Mm-hmm. He's not... <laughs> like, some politicians, dude, they're just awful people, you know? Like, Hamilton Hill, uh, you know, yeah, is yeah. probably, like, a Republican. He's, uh... <laughs> you know, he's like... like... Yeah, man, it's, it's it's one of those things of, you know, maybe we do better without him. You yeah. Know? Maybe he's not wrong. Yeah, maybe Hamilton Hill, like, voted for Trump. <laughs> I don't know, man, but all I know is that, it, but it's interesting, too. It's interesting to just kind of see, like, because it's not that Batman respects Hamilton Hill. Yeah. It's not that he thinks he agrees with his politics. It's not anything like that. It's just, you're trying to kill someone, I'm going to stop you. I will right. be in your way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Batman's moral code, it even protects people um, that are, you know, as long as it's a life, he tries to do his best to save it. And, you know, Batman's kind of uh, altruistic, you know, law and order, he tries to uphold it for the most part. He is a vigilante, but... Yeah, and I I always thought that was an interesting thing, uh, because you can see it more and more as in these rewatches of, um, there's a line in Justice League Unlimited that Amanda Waller says where she where she describes batman and she, uh, bruce wayne and says i have never met anyone that cared so much about their fellow man mm-hmm. as bruce wayne yeah like bruce wayne doesn't show the fact that he not respects everyone but he has the value of life yep and he respects what it means to take that away from someone that he will save anyone yeah at any cost and he does have this value of like life is precious and Mm -hmm. i and you know uh in in an instant it can be taken away so i have to try my hardest to make sure that i can save as many people as possible yeah exactly yeah no one deserves to die according to that so yeah like no one deserves to be murdered no one deserves to, to to die unjustly and everything else and i think that's so interesting because it with that little tagline and then you take that into batman the animated series and kind of watch through this entire like season series so far in every episode you can kind of see what amanda waller's talking about you can mm-hmm. see his his love for for his fellow man you can see how much he cares for his friends yeah. and his family and yeah. stuff like that and i i do really feel that this is something that the comic books have kind of strayed away from a lot of and it's it's unfortunate mm-hmm. where he's more of a psychopath that it's kind of a dick to his kids mm-hmm. and everything like that than he is 
this caring father yeah that gives a shit right uh yeah you know it's just uh because I, I tell people it's like you know it's not only just from a writing standpoint um where it's like you know he's just mo- a lot more interesting and if he doesn't kill if he has this moral code because it's how he reacts to the world and like these decisions is that they're exploring that he has to make and also it just makes sense for the character where it's just like batman is this kid that was traumatized where it's like he takes things to the extreme like it's not like he's a cartoon character but he has like such um absolutes in his beliefs because in a way he's still kind of the kid at heart he's still this child um where he, that's the way a child sees things it's like there's right and then there's wrong um you know and he he like follows his like word and his like code um you know it's like this weird innocence to him so yeah i guess i was really interested to uh to see that in this episode um but i was just gonna say um i, I skipped over that point if if you're interested in seeing Batman kill, just read The Punisher, you know, just read another character because it's just so integral to his character. It makes sense, you know. It does. Yeah. But, yeah, and, but my thing is for the for comic book writers lately is that mm-hmm. they've, they've really strayed away from this family aspect of Batman. Yeah. And it, it not, like, not completely, but the fact that in the animated series, you can really tell that Batman looks to uh, was it Batman looks at uh, was it Tim or you know Dick, Dick yeah. like sons. Mm-hmm. You know they, they they're very much like his kids. Yeah, and he is trying. Which are, he's trying his best to teach them. Right. What he doesn't know. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. He's a mentor. He's, yeah, he's, he's trying to be a mentor. He's trying to be a father. And it's yeah. like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. And, well, I, and he's going to make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. It's very fallible. I was going to make the joke, though. It's like everyone except Batgirl because they have that weird romance. <laughs> him and, uh, him and, what's up? Yeah, because, you know, he's a try to fuck her. No. Yeah, that was, a, that was a weird sort of thing. It was, it, it's a weird thing that Bruce Tim did. But also, if you're if because in Batman Beyond, that is the reason why no one's talking. Yeah, that's canon. Um, it's canon. You? I I I remember reading the Batman Beyond comic books, and it's like, why don't Batman? You know, because it, it's supposed to be those like that whole like this is why they all don't talk. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh yeah, technically, Bruce Wayne slept with Barbara while she was dating Tim, while she was dating Dick. Dick. Yeah. And Dick found out about it. Mm-hmm. And then that's why he that's why he was like screw you bats and just like left. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's kind of that, that's 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 rational. That's mm-hmm. a that's a rational reason to leave. Yeah, Batman's like, a very very fallible person. Yeah, man, because Batman fucks. That's what. <laughs> that's what they wanted to show. It's such a weird. That's such a weird like thing. Bruce tries to push. Love the guy. Great animator. Great storyteller. But dude, like, chill the fuck out with that. Um, but yeah, I guess that's that's uh, ending our thoughts on the animated series. A recap, a clock thing. Um, yeah. Nick, anything you've watched recently? You wanna, as we're winding down here, you wanna you wanna talk about? Started yeah. watching a couple of really cool things actually. Uh, so I actually started watching the the toys that made us. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a documentary. It's a documentary series on uh, Netflix. Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the creation, the manufacturing, and the marketing of uh, toys. Of toys in the in the in the 
in the mid 80s all the way up until the 90s mm-hmm. and it is insanely good it really is like i love that ninja turtles episode where they're like yeah you know they're like we made these these characters like these really like frank miller like killers and then they're like well we have to make toys out of them Gotta yeah. have them eat pizza <laughs> yeah, like, like, and it's so interesting the fact that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would have never gotten so big if, if, if they hadn't like done these changes mm-hmm. to sell toys. Yeah, and everything like that. Some of their most iconic things are things that they changed. Some toy executives was like, because yeah, toy executives give them a catchphrase, Kawabunga. There you go. Yeah, like Kawabunga automatically. Uh, the big truck is a toy. That they oh, the made. the turtle van. Yeah, like the turtle van, uh, the fact that they all eat pizza and stuff like that, the ba- the different colored bandanas. Yeah. Well, the bandana makes sense because you need to tell them apart. Yeah, sure. I mean, it does make sense, but like the idea, but like all these like things that were like a part of this, like a part of these things and everything like that. Yeah. Really did change just by, oh, well, we need to make toys out of it. And right. we need to be able to differentiate between these characters or yeah. we need to have them doing fun, cool things so many you know that's the funny thing because it's like so many of the things we love like in comic books or whatever they're kind of like influenced by some executive some business person is like can we do this it's like i don't know like uh one of the fantastic four cartoons in the 80s they didn't have johnny storm the human torch because they're like kids are gonna light themselves on fire and yeah like it doesn't have johnny storm or for ninja turtles you know i love ninja turtles growing up um you know on the flip side like i wouldn't have gotten into ninja turtles if they were kind of like the, how they are in the original comic books you know they didn't appeal to me the fact that they're all kidified gave it to another audience so kind of interesting. yeah and honestly that's pro and that's the that's the real reason why ninja turtles have been have lasted yeah. so long the comic books and everything yeah. you know w- without these kind of toy execs to make these decisions and go all right, cool. We're gonna we're gonna sell this to kids. We're gonna sell this to yeah. kids, and they're gonna love it. Yeah, um, yeah. Good show. Great documentary because um, that and the movies that made us are they they're by the same people, right? Same yes. Yeah, those are great great documentaries. They're really comprehensive, so I'd recommend them. So those are just fun to watch, like in the background, or you know, when you want to just like unwind. You're like, how did they make Home Alone? Or you know, how did they make Elf? It's interesting, for sure. Um, I was gonna say it. Yeah, um, I thought you watched the He-Man show. You were. I, you I, I, oh, I okay. was watching. I was watching the He-Man show. Actually, that's what got me into watching these. Oh, toys! Uh, it, it was a slippery slope. It was a slippery slope because I went from He-Man to then watching Masters of the Universe. Like how exactly did they make Masters of the Universe? Mm-hmm. Then it, that set me down the path of watching, you know, yeah. how uh, which uh, the the toys that made us. Yeah, and everything else and. So I, I watched all of that, then also um, The Bad Batch. Oh, okay. I still, I still need to see the last episode, so please, no spoilers. Okay. Uh, okay. We're going to change the subject, but um, before I, I talk about a recommendation for uh, He-Man, is it good? I've been hearing, like, nothing but good things. Everyone's just, like, raving about it. Uh, yeah, Kevin Smith did it, your, your favorite? Dude, I, I love it so much. Like, oh, okay. Honestly, Honestly, like I know, I, I know, I, I I usually you know suck Kevin Smith off. <laughs> well, you know he he does like he's good at what he does. I mean, for the most part, you know his podcasts are fun to listen to. 
his shows, you know, uh, for his movies for the most part, not Tusk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tusk is fun for its own way. Okay. So it's, it's, All right. We'll I, leave I it at like, that. I feel like if you were to put Tusk at like a midnight showing and like you make, you turn it into like a Rocky or a picture show type thing, that's how that's how Tusk succeeds. Right. Uh, but for Masters of the Universe, um, you can tell that there's a lot of love inside of that show. There's a lot of understanding of who the characters are, and there's also a lot of respect for who the characters are. Right. And you know, and I I, I love the idea of we're going. So I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how exactly to tell you this about spoiling for you. Okay. Uh, how exactly do we focus? How exactly can we focus on the side characters instead of just He Man? Hmm. You know, because He Man already got like you know a four season show. Yeah. How do we focus on all the side characters from that show that never really got the spotlight? Yeah. And I feel like they do a good job. They show you know a lot of where people are after a couple of years and stuff like that, and it's pretty interesting. So yeah. it's an interesting show real real feels really really it pulls on the heartstrings mm. and everything like that and i really enjoyed it yeah i mean he meant has such an interesting war to it you know so yeah i would re- yeah i'll have to check it out then Rick, if you recommend yeah, man, you, gotta, you gotta check it out man you gotta check it out it's only five episodes right now and then the next five are coming out in a couple of months all right yeah guess we'll check it out um i guess my last recommendation before we wrap up uh i saw the last evangelion movie uh 1.0 plus 3.0 thrice upon a time and it was uh it was great i i loved it um watched it till like three in the morning almost passed out from sleep uh but i was really happy staying it up i felt like shit the next day but it's a very definitive ending to evangelion uh for ano the creator and it really wraps everything up it explains a lot of things and you feel pretty content you're like all right I, I think if I never see an Evangelion ever again, I'll be pretty cool, you know? Nice. So I would definitely recommend that. Um, Nick, I know you're a big fan. Yeah, your birthday one year, famously, um, <laughs> there was singers that sang the song to Evangelion. <laughs> if you want me to recount that story. We got, we got, we have, we ha- I have wild parties. Are you- yeah. <laughs> I have some wild parties, man. That was a good yeah. birthday. Yeah, it was a good birthday. It was a good yeah. birthday. They sang uh, the Evangelion theme song. So yeah, we, we sang the Evangelion Naruto. We sang a bunch of theme songs. Yeah. That was that was a very interesting party. Yeah, really? like, even even I thought that was an interesting party. Yeah, it was an anime <laughs> themed birthday Nick had right um, in 2019. So that was one of the last birthdays we all did together. It was, I think that was my last birthday that we all like, because uh, what was it? I think right after that pandemic hit, like two, yeah. three months later. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one to go out on because <laughs> that was an interesting one to go out on. <laughs> yeah. Too good of a time. Yeah, man. Yeah. But I guess that's our show. Um, Nick, where can, is there anything you want to promote or where can people find you at? Yeah, you can go ahead and find me like usual on Facebook, Instagram, on the Nick Valero. Not only that, but also you can catch us on, uh, it was a serving, uh, which are Keeping Up With The Nerds. Uh, we are on, which are, we're going to be posting up episodes every Thursday for that one. I mean, not every Thursday, every Wednesday. Sorry. Sorry. That's all right. I messed that up. But uh, every Wednesday we, we at noon, we do post up brand new episodes of Keeping Up With The Nerds. Uh, go check us out. Brian, Renee, great guys. They 
they have some real fun takes on on a couple other things and everything else. Um, yeah, G? yeah. I mean, I would uh, recommend the show because I always enjoy talking to uh, to you and Renee. So yeah, it's just uh, like we're hanging out with you guys. So definitely check it out. Um, you could find me on Twitter and Instagram, G nine eight nine two. And please follow the Waffle Press at the Waffle Press on Twitter at the Waffle Press Podcast on Instagram. Uh, please like, share, subscribe on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. We're on all those platforms. We have some fun videos coming out. Um, yeah, um, subscribe. Um, I'm, I'm being told, I'm giving a note by Diego to tell people to hit the bell because some people aren't getting the notification. So that was a note. I said it. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We've been professionally unprofessional. Thank <laughs> you.